My hope is, is and what I'm confident, is our faculty and staff will deliver on that promise that we make to the students, that we're here to help you fulfill your academic ambitions, that we're here to help you uh, be prepared to have a fulfilling career, and also that we will prepare you and perhaps inspire you and your fellow students to lead meaningful lives. And that's where our values are so important. It's not just what you're prepared to do in terms of your professional work, but how you derive meaning in life through serving other people. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mentors Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Wetrick. Here on this show, we talk to luminaries from around the world to discuss their journey towards success and what wisdom they have to offer the younger generation. Each episode, we have on a new guest, a new story, and a new path towards personal success. I hope you're ready, and I hope you enjoy. Today, we have on Jeffrey Mearns, the president of Ball State University, which, to those who don't know, is the college that I attend. President Mearns embodies the values of Ball State wholeheartedly. I'm very excited to show this with my peers so they can meet a new side of President Mearns and know more about him and the culture here at Ball State. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mentors. Today, we have President Jeffrey Mearns. He runs Ball State University. President Mearns, thank you so much for being on. Well, it's my pleasure to be with you. Always. And if it sounds a little different, I'm filming this in person and I'm so excited to be doing so because filming in person is so much more fun and it's so much more lively. And I have an actual audio person here, Eric Heinzman, and I'm so happy to have Eric with me because he saved my life two days before this. Yeah, great. We're grateful to have you here, Eric. <laughs> um, one of my first questions is, is when I was doing a little research on you and Ball State as a whole is you are now running a whole university and a whole school system. And what is that like? Are you also superintendent? No, I'm not the superintendent. I have the good fortune to serve here as the president at Ball State University. And, and as you know, we took on the responsibility of engaging a community partnership to support the Muncie Community Schools. So the mechanism by which we administer that partnership is not a direct management of the school system. Instead, what our responsibility is to appoint the school board. And so the school board is responsible as an appointed school board to do the same job that a school board does if they are elected by the people in the community. So we support them, we help uh, orient them, we help educate and train them, but they're responsible for managing the, the school system. And the school board recently appointed a new, uh, a woman who is in essence the superintendent. She's the director of, of public education and the CEO of the Muncie Community School System. So. Uh, while we're supporting the schools mm -hmm. and certainly doing all that we can to ensure that the children here in Muncie get a high quality public education, uh, we don't have the responsibility directly to manage the school system. That is good. That probably takes a good amount off your plate. Yes, it does. That's so there was a lot of time that I spent in the spring and summer of 2018, but now, relatively speaking, it's only a small part of, of my weekly time commitment. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I thought you were going to be overwhelmed with stress, just no. managing two whole systems. No, we, <laughs> and, and the school board is doing an excellent job. They're off to a great start, and uh, we're quite optimistic about what the future will hold. Well, that's amazing, and I am too. The time I've been in uh, Muncie and the time I've been in Ball State has been absolutely amazing. Um, on LinkedIn a couple weeks ago, I wrote a whole article about how Ball State has really affected my mindset in my life and how it's been such a positive force. Um, and in that same note, I know that, you know, you were a kid once, you were an 18 year old yes. once, you went to college. So what was your journey like and what did you gain from it? What did you take away from it? Essentially, what is your origin story? So you really, so you want me to go back to my upbringing? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm happy to talk to you a little bit about it. So, um, 
I was one of, I am one of nine children, and I was the fifth, so I was the middle child. <laughs> so I had an older brother, three older sisters, and four younger sisters. Uh, I grew up in a large and, and extraordinary family. My father, like so many of our students at Ball State, he was the first in our family uh, to get a college education, to get that opportunity. And that college education changed his life and it changed the trajectory of our whole family. And then my father, after serving in the Navy and after um, then going to law school, he committed his entire professional career to higher education as a law professor and as an administrator in higher education. Mm -hmm. My mother, uh, after raising nine children, went on to be elected the first woman to serve as the mayor of Shaker Heights, Ohio, a big wow. interrig suburb of Cleveland. So I grew up in a family of people who were committed to education, mm -hmm. who were committed to public service, and who were committed to being good friends and, and, and supportive family members. Mm -hmm. So. Um, when I went off to college, I had the good fortune of being admitted to Yale mm -hmm. and uh, went off to Yale. I was, I have to acknowledge that I was not necessarily the best student or most <laughs> committed student in high school or college. I was a pretty serious uh, athlete. Mm -hmm. And so I probably spent more time thinking and preparing for cross country and track meets than yeah. not enough time uh, probably preparing for my exams. Not, a, not anything I would encourage our students <laughs> to do uh, here yeah. at Ball State. Uh, so. Um, after I graduated from college, I then began uh, my career as a high school English teacher. Worked at a small uh, private uh, prep school in Morristown, New Jersey, called the Del Barton School, about an hour outside of New York. And then after teaching English for three years, went off to, to law school. And from there began my uh, professional career. Did you go to law um, Did you go back to Yale? I didn't. I went to the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, Virginia, which is actually where I was born. My father also went to uh, University of Virginia Law School, and he was on the faculty there when I was born. So I was born and raised in Charlottesville. So that's going amazing. to law school was like, you know, was going home for me. Well, that's amazing. It was very wonderful. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful town. Yeah, and I can definitely see how your upbringing transitioned into what you created at Ball State is that service, that service leadership, that um, down to earth, being available to the students and being a friendly person. Like in the first week of meeting you, I was so astonished because you have this perception that it's, it's you know, the deans and the, you know, you're, you're, you're president of your entire college, you know, doesn't have the time to talk to you. Do, you know, wouldn't, you know, can't, you, you can't afford to engage with you, but just to be able to sit with you face to face and be able to have this conversation is such a blessing and a really, um, great show of your character. Well, you're very kind, and I must admit, you know, I, this job is a wonderful opportunity in so many respects. But really, the the best part of the job is meeting with people. So, uh, just last night we had an alumni event, an enthusiastic group of alumni in Carmel. Um, today, I have an opportunity to spend time with you. So, the best part of my day is meeting with students and faculty and staff and alumni. It um, it really makes my job so very very gratifying. That's amazing. And you know, when you talk about the student body, we have the biggest, what, is this like the biggest one it's in history? The, yeah, the we have the largest history? total enrollment in history and the largest freshman class in our yeah. history. So you're part of history. Glad to be a part yeah. of it. You know, what are you most excited about for the student body in this big class? Like what do you think is going to be coming up for them? Well, so what's exciting to me, it's not just the size of the class, and certainly that's very important, and it's a reflection of the quality of our academic programs. Because we know first and foremost, students are choosing a college that has that have programs that will prepare them to do both professionally and personally what they want to do after they graduate. 
Um, but also it's the most academically qualified mm -hmm. freshman class in our history. Um, the average high school GPA of our incoming class is 3.53, so oh, wow. it's a very strong academic class. In fact, uh, 41 of the members of the freshman class were valedictorians of their high school class. So a lot of smart people. It's also uh, the most diverse uh, freshman class in our history, and this is an institution that uh, for 101 years has been committed to providing quality, accessible educational opportunities to a broad spectrum of people here in the state of Indiana. And again, also a significant portion of the incoming freshman class are Hoosiers. So we continue to provide a very important educational experience and produce the talent and leaders for the future of Indiana. So I'm excited. I mean, when you, when you hear those things, you just naturally have to get excited. Um, yeah. What I hope is that for all of our students, uh, including our incoming freshmen, that we fulfill our commitment. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I'm so proud about our university, yes, we have quality academic programs. Yes, we have wonderful facilities. We're sitting in one of those yes, great buildings building. right now. Um, but we tell prospective students and their family that notwithstanding the fact that we have more than 22,500 students, that our faculty and staff are personally committed to the success of every one of those students. So what my hope is, is and what I'm confident, is our faculty and staff will deliver on that promise that we make to the students, that we're here to help you fulfill your academic ambitions, that we're here to help you uh, be prepared to have a fulfilling career, and also that we will prepare you and perhaps inspire you and your fellow students to lead meaningful lives. And that's where our values are so important. It's not just what you're prepared to do in terms of your professional work, but how you derive meaning in life through serving other people. That is a really, really powerful statement. And I can definitely see that in Ball State because as a student, as a freshman, I'm just young and excited and so happy to be here. Um, in academics, while they're super important to me, I also have my own adventures like this podcast and like a couple other projects I have with some buildings that I could tell you about later. Okay, good. But just the fact that Ball State professors and deans were willing to embrace my craziness and my excitement, like, oh my God, there's so many things I want to do with you. Um, just the fact they were willing to embrace it, I go, yeah, let's run with it. Let's see what we can do here. Like, we've never done this before, but let's give it a try because we want to help you pursue what you feel like is best for you is such an amazing culture to have. Right, and that's what I hope that uh, all of the students who are listening to this will take advantage of the diverse opportunities here at the university. And that is include uh, our outstanding professors and those outstanding academic programs, but they include co-curricular experiences from the dance marathon to club sports to the rec center to music and the arts. There's so many things happening on our campus every day. And so if I, I, I have a couple regrets uh, when, it, when I reflect back on many years ago when I was in college, I didn't take advantage of those experiences. I was very much focused on my athletic ambitions and didn't take advantage of all of the other uh, opportunities that exist in, in college. So I would encourage everyone who's listening to <laughs> learn from my experience and take advantage of those experiences. Oh yeah. What are some uh, events that are coming up that you're really excited about for these students? Like if you were attending Ball State as a student, what would you like really want to get into here? Well, so homecoming is always a very exciting week mm -hmm. on our campus. There are lots of activities that go on during that week. 
I don't know if you've yet uh, been able to see a bed race competition that will happen at noon on the Friday of, of homecoming weekend. That same afternoon, we'll have the grand opening to um, the Health Professions Building. Of course, the building is up and running, and faculty, staff, and students are in the building. But we'll have a celebration to uh, recognize uh, the grand opening of that building. Then on Saturday morning, there's the homecoming parade. There's the groundbreaking for a new multicultural center, which is a very important um, investment that we're making in our campus community. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the pregame and the, and the football game. So I'd encourage people to take advantage of, of those activities over homecoming. There are wonderful uh, concerts and shows, both the ones that come into Emmons from outside our campus, as well as our student performances. I'd encourage students who haven't already done it, you know, the, our wonderful art museum is open virtually every day yeah. till 4.30. It's free. You don't have to be an experienced art expert to walk into that building and appreciate what a remarkable collection we have. So my wife and I sometimes when we have some downtime on a weekend, uh, we'll walk over from our home and just spend an hour or 90 minutes in, in the museum and uh, appreciate the, the beautiful art that's there. And it's a very diverse collection. So we enjoy doing that. Take advantage <laughs> of the good weather while we have it to oh, get out goodness, on the yes. White River Greenway and the Cardinal Greenway. Uh, so there's, as I say, there's no excuse for just uh, hanging your head down and and uh, not taking advantage of that. I also enjoy <laughs> as I walk on campus, what do they call them, enus? That oh, the students yeah, string yeah. up between the trees. A couple of my kids have them. Uh, not, I don't think I've ever been in one. I'm not sure I quite understand the attraction of them. But <laughs> yes. uh, I would encourage students on those beautiful days that we have left in the fall to just get outside and enjoy a little bit of the sunshine and the warm air. Well, that is definitely correct. I was actually talking to my dad uh, two nights ago, and I was like, Dad, I, I feel so overwhelmed, and I don't have time to like, get out. And he's like, just please go have fun. Yeah. Like, just go have fun. Yeah. College is, you know, super important because you want to have an education. You want to have a, you know, career set ahead of you. But also taking and embracing those moments are super yeah. important. And that's, you know, I was a little bit more directed when I was in college and maybe been pretty directed since then. <laughs> but uh, I have five children. And one of them is, uh, I refer to as my wanderer. And she's a very good conscience uh, for me because she's the one who's always reminding me to slow down and enjoy the experience, uh, whatever is happening that day, to take a look at the, enjoy the sunshine or the ocean or the, or the white river. And so uh, her reminder, she's, she's far away from me now, but, uh, but that reminder is always with me. That's wonderful. And when it comes to things like advice, um, you are running a whole college. And people usually think, well, you're at the pinnacle, you're at the top, but you still have to ask for advice and you still need people to lean on. So who are some of your mentors and who are some of the people that you reach out to when things get a little rough? So I'll back up a little bit and answer yeah. your question with a little bit of perspective. So um, your question prompts, if I have a word of advice, is to seek out mentors. Mm -hmm. And I've had the great good fortune through the course of my life and my career to have people around me who have provided me support and guidance, um, who sometimes professionally have given me more responsibility than I deserved and have mm -hmm. given me the opportunity to demonstrate um, my ability. 
have supported me when I've made mistakes, and certainly we all make mistakes. Um, probably a, a couple of them that I'll mention. So the two most important uh, role models in my life growing up were my parents, and um, we can talk about that a little more if you'd like. Uh, but professionally, uh, a series of role models. There was a professor that I worked for uh, when I was in law school, his name is John Jeffries. He eventually became the dean of the law school at the University of Virginia. And he allowed me to serve him as a research assistant mm -hmm. and helped me uh, get a clerkship, a federal appellate court clerkship after I graduated from law school. I'm not sure given all of the other talented students there were in the law school that I deserved that. Uh, but John helped me find uh, that opportunity. So. I'm, eternally grateful to him, because that then brought me into another mentor. Uh, the judge that I clerked for was, was Judge Boyce Martin. Um, he became a federal appellate court judge, a very prominent position in the legal field at a young age. And in addition to the extraordinary responsibility uh, and authority that he had, Judge Martin was always a constant reminder about, again, taking advantage of the important things in life, your family, your friends, um, and enjoying uh, the good things uh, yeah. that, uh, that are out there. Uh, so he was a very good reminder about balance. Then when I, uh, after, shortly after I left that clerkship, I got a job in the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern District of New York, which is located in Brooklyn, New York. Mm -hmm. And so I served as a federal prosecutor there. And my mentor there was a man named John Gleason. John was a mentor and, and has become one of my dearest friends and is the godfather of one of my daughters. Um, and John was, who I mentioned a moment ago, was somebody who gave me an opportunity as a federal prosecutor, gave me responsibility for cases that, based upon my limited experience at the time, uh, probably was a foolish decision on his part. <laughs> but by giving me that responsibility, I had the opportunity to grow uh, as a trial lawyer, specifically. Um, but he made me realize that I had that if I was given an opportunity, that if I worked hard and was well prepared, that I could succeed in, in the opportunities that were gonna come my way. So those three people in particular, uh, professionally, were instrumental in uh, getting me to where I am today. And so if there's any lesson in that is I would encourage the students to find mentors, find mentors here on campus, faculty members, staff members, uh, asked to do special projects for them, uh, work closely with them, observe what they're doing, model their, um, their best behaviors and their, and their work ethic and their character. And that to me has, uh, has been so instrumental in, in having doors open for me that I never would have imagined when I was a 18 year old freshman in college that would be my, would be for me here. Oh yeah, it's crazy to look back 10, 20, 30 years or and more. go, or, or more, <laughs> or more, and, and just tell your younger self, you're going to be this one day. Yeah. Like, did you ever, ever think when, you know, you were just so involved in track and field at Yale that you were going to be the president of a college one day? Wait a minute, I'm the president of a university? Is I, that I, what I am? Okay. I feel like that. Okay. <laughs> um, no, it's a short answer. So, mm -hmm. you know, I had big aspirations as a runner. Um, 
My goal was to compete for the United States in the Olympics. My uh, hero was uh, Frank Shorter, who had also run at Yale and won the gold medal for the United States in the 1972 Olympic marathon. Um, I didn't get as far as he did. I qualified for the Olympic uh, trials in the marathon in 1984, uh, but, um, but that's a whole separate story. <laughs> but so, again, those, those lessons uh, as an athlete of hard work, discipline, sacrifice, preparation, poise under pressure. Uh, one of the things I learned as a marathon runner that applied to trying very large and complex cases is that in a marathon, there are ups and downs throughout. The, there are times in the marathon where you felt great and the, what you had to do was hold yourself back a little bit. And then there are times when you felt terrible and you had to find a way to just persevere through that, through that, uh, through that difficult period. And that was the same that uh, was true in long trials. There were days when things went very well and then there were days, days when it went poorly. And the whole idea was to learn to persist, trust the work that you had put in, the preparation that you put in. So those lessons are lessons that are very important to me now. But no, in, in the short answer to your question is, I never envisioned uh, that I would be a, the president of any university, much less a university as extraordinary as this one. And my guess is if we were sitting in this room around the table with people who I went to college with, or I went to law school with, or who I practice law with, and you said, did any of you ever think that Jeff Mearns would be the president of Ball State University? I think. Uh, after a few minutes of laughter, I'm pretty sure all of them would say no. <laughs> well, I think that's the I think that's the grandness of life. It's, you it just is. never know. Like, I would have never have guessed that I would have met you in the first week. I would have never guessed I would be able to sit down with you today, and I would never have guessed what's going to happen in the next yeah, year, or the right. next two years. And so, what I would encourage everyone to do is to surround yourself with people who have that sense of optimism that sense of wonder about uh, the work that they do and the life that they, uh, that they can enjoy. Um, we all know that there are people who have the tendency to be pessimistic or cynical, um, but you know, that's, that's not a way to prepare yourself for those opportunities. I think um, so much of what uh, can happen to us is the product of our faith in the work that we do and our sense of optimism and excitement and taking advantage of every opportunity, whether it's a professional opportunity or a personal opportunity, to do it very well, to meet somebody um, special, to develop a relationship because you never know when that relationship might come around to give you a, a special opportunity. So again, surround your, find good mentors, but also surround yourself with people who have the aspiration to do something meaningful with their talents. Oh, definitely. And I like how you bring up optimism as a good thing. I have a lot of friends who love them to death, but they view optimism as this, everything is rainbows and sunshines and unicorns, but that's not optimism. Some of the most strongest people that I know have optimistic mindsets is because there's no other way. If they're a pessimist or if they were cynical, then they would have just spiraled downwards. It Optimism just is a driver. It's a force that can't be reckoned with sometimes. And as you say, it's not a fake naivete that everything is wonderful, um, but it's a sense that through doing the right things, surrounding yourself with the right people, that we can solve our problems. And mm -hmm. so one of the things that concerns me about uh, the times that we live in mm -hmm. um, is that there, there's so much of an effort to tear things down. And you know, it's easy to 
critique and criticize and deconstruct somebody else's solution. Mm -hmm. But I would encourage people to be the ones who are the proponents of the solutions, looking for the positive ways that we can solve those problems. And so it's a mindset and yes. uh, it's and it's a mindset that you can choose, right? Mm -hmm. You can't necessarily choose who your parents were. You can't necessarily choose how tall you are. Um, <laughs> but you can choose a, a, the attitude that you have about how you face uh, life's challenges and how you embrace life's opportunities. Yes, and I full-heartedly agree, especially when it comes to in current times tearing everything down. Should we look at things critically sometimes? Yeah, that's a part of finding a solution. But when you build on top of it, when you say yes, and what about this? Even if it's a dumb idea, sometimes you can build something really wonderful. Like Uber is such a great example. Hey, we should totally get into cars with strangers. That's crazy. That should have been shot down in the first meeting, but it wasn't. And now it's a, that's, now it's a highly successful business. Right, no, that's right. And so the, the other um, advice that I would give is, and this you mentioned this earlier, who do I get advice from presently? Mm -hmm. uh, I've had the good fortune to here at the university be uh, surrounded by outstanding people. One of the challenges when you're in the position of responsibility or authority uh, like the one I occupy is sometimes people are not inclined to tell you what they really think about your ideas, oh, right? Yeah. They tend to be unduly deferential. So it's very important for me to communicate to the people around me that I need their critique, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't need somebody telling me yes all the time. I need somebody telling me no and let's try it this way because I'll only succeed if um, if the ideas that I generate or the ideas that I inherit are, are good ones. And so I've had the good fortune of, of being surrounded by people who are bright, but it's my responsibility to create an environment where they can be candid with me, and, uh, and they are. I've never thought about it like that before. I haven't, but that does make a lot of sense. A lot of people will be, oh, yes, yes, yes And some totally. people want it, right? They get into a position like this, and what they want is affirmation. They just want to keep hearing that they are smart, that they're talented, and I think um, going back to the question of how do you get from one place to how did I get here, um, I got here also because of good luck. It's not, we are not all the product of our own brilliance or talent, right? We also are here because of the support we receive from other people, and we're here because sometimes uh, the sun shines on us, not because we deserve it, just because that's how it happens. What contributed, do, do you think anything contributed to your luck? Because usually luck favors the prepared. It does, I mean certainly being prepared. Um, and again, I would go back to surrounding yourself uh, with good people. I also have, you know, you can't choose your parents, mm -hmm. but you can choose the people you're surrounded by. And uh, I am extremely lucky uh, that a woman, young woman named Jennifer Proud some for some reason decided to accept my proposal to get married oh. and she is the most optimistic person she's like my like my mother in particular and my father as well and she is on the cold and rainy days she's as optimistic about what the day can bring as as in on a beautiful sunny day so i have the good fortune of being with her every day for her to just remind me this is going to be a good day and so again I would encourage you to surround yourself uh, with your friends, your, your partners, your spouses uh, to find people who nurture 
that sense of optimism and positivity. How do you go out and find those people? Because I think that's sometimes the most difficult problem for some people. Like, oh, I want to find great friends. I want to have amazing connections. But they just don't know how or they don't know where to seek out these people. Well, so they can learn from you because <laughs> you you obviously have no trouble going up and introducing yourself and, <laughs> in a very positive way. So I would, I'll let you give uh, that advice. But the flip side of that is you can choose not to uh, surround yourself with people who are overly cynical and skeptical and, and negative. I mean, so it's not just choosing to be with those positive people, it's also making the choice not to allow those other people uh, to drag you into, into that negative, you know, that negative energy. That is amazing. And I could talk to you for hours. I absolutely enjoy this conversation. Okay. But we're running out of time. Okay. Where can, well, usually I ask, like, where can everyone find you? Do you, do you have social media? They can find me in the administration building. Wonderful. Of, my <laughs> president's office is there. They can find me walking across uh, campus. Mm -hmm. Students uh, from time to time send me emails. If they send me an email, I always respond. I can't always respond with the answer that the students or others want but you'll always get a response from me. And what I would, again, I would encourage the students to do exactly what you did to me on the Friday before classes. If you see me on the street, uh, stop me. I'll always say hello or wave, but if you <laughs> want to have a conversation, I'm never in too much of a hurry. So please, if students want to have a conversation, stop me on the sidewalk and say hello. I, I'd love to hear their stories and to hear more about their own aspirations, what they want to achieve here and what we, what they want us to help them achieve after they graduate. Well, I can testify to that, and it worked out very well. President Mearns, thank you so much for being on. You're very welcome. Happy to be here.